0: I know it's a little late, but happy February. This month on Dismantling Injustice, we're celebrating Black futures. And today we're joined by Kristen Powell Harris from Black Futures Lab. We talk about um, an important project that they're leading, the Black Census Project. It's the largest survey of Black folks since Reconstruction, which sort of blows my mind. The largest survey in over 150 years. We hear about the results from the first survey that they conducted back in 2018, as well as some of the issues on the minds of Black communities in our new post-COVID reality. So when we come back, I'll be joined by Kristen. As I mentioned, today we're joined by Kristen Powell-Harris, the Deputy Director of Black Futures Lab. Black Futures Lab is such an amazing organization. I remember a few years ago when it was being conceived, and what's impressed me most is one, the organization's reach, but also just the strategy of getting the perspectives of Black folks across the diaspora and helping movements um, figure out what their communities want and need. So I'm super excited um, to welcome Kristen. Uh, Kristen, Um, Why don't we start by having you tell us a bit about yourself and the work of Black Futures Lab.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, So I'm a career organizer. I've been in the work for over 15 years. And uh, I started off as a faith-based organizer in Florida, of all places, and worked a lot with um, criminal justice reform. and um, housing campaigns. And in 2020, I had my first child, and I started to really um, reflect on what it means um, to be a black man in this country. I have a son, and I reflected on the fact that my father had been stuck in the criminal justice system for a lot of petty things and friends and family that I know have been crushed um, by the different policies and laws that are meant to hurt Black people. And that kind of had a shift in me because I started to dream a little bit about what could the world look like for my son, for everyone's children, um, especially Black children, if we were um, powerful um, in this country. And Black Futures Lab is an answer to that. Um, Black Futures Lab aims to build Black political power in cities and states so that Black people can be powerful in all parts of our lives. And so what that means for us is that we invest in um, Black-led organizations, Black servicing organizations that are building people power um, in Black organizers. Um, We also engage Black voters in getting out to vote um, and in um, local politics and policy work Um, But something I'm really proud of, uh, not that I'm not proud of all of it, but what I'm really excited about is that we listen to Black people. Um, That's something, unfortunately, that's not happening on a large scale. And so we listen through face-to-face conversations and polling, um, but we also listen through um, the Black Census Project, which is the largest um, survey of Black people in the last 150 years. Um, So I'm excited to be here to talk more about um, that project and, and where we are with it.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, and that, that leads precisely into my next question. Um, as you mentioned, you all um, have run the Black Census Project the first time around in 2018, then again in 2022. And um, I think, you know, when you say 150 years, just to like wrap our heads around this, this was the largest survey of Black people in the U.S. since Reconstruction. One, it's amazing but it's also like insane that, um, you know, that this hasn't been done uh, more frequently, especially given um, our country's questionable history um, when it comes to the way that it treats Black folks. Um, so um, I guess my question is, what was the inspiration for the Black Census Project?
1: Yeah, you know, something that we um, kind of piggyback on what you're saying, we, we have, you know, these election cycles where, politicians come into our communities, a lot of times into our churches and they talk at us and they're not talking to us. They're not talking with us. Um, There's a lot of people saying what black people want and we're not even at the table. And the Black Census Project is really about listening to our folks, understanding what we want for our communities, how we're experiencing politics and what we think about politics and what we, what we want um, for our neighborhoods, but also for our futures. Um, and we know that what's good for Black people is good for this entire country. And so listening to our folks, understanding what we want um, in our communities, but in this entire country, um, really was why we did the project back in 2018. Um, and are doing it again in 2022 and also into 2023 because we just had a global pandemic. A lot has happened to us. And there's a lot that we're thinking about as people. Um, and we wanted to survey an even larger group of people this time. 200,000 is our goal. We um, surveyed 30,000 the first time um, in order to uh, understand a large, on a larger scale what we want.
0: Wow, that's super impressive. That's like, you know, I think... Thirty thousand is a sampling. Two hundred thousand is like it's it's a real census, um, and so that's that's just totally amazing. Um, so I guess I wanted to dig a little bit into um, some of the findings the first time around um, at Envision Freedom Fund, and I you know I personally we're strong believers in using data and stories to help drive change, and so I, my first question is. Was there anything that surprised you um, with the, you know, the first time around when you did the census the first time, um, were there or are there any changes that you're seeing between 2018 and 2022, um, or are there any um, common themes starting to emerge?
1: Yeah, so in, in 2018, there were six major themes that we, we heard, and um, that was that the economy is crippling us that we wanna rid our communities of white supremacy. Um, Criminal justice system is trash and is killing us. Uh, We want to be healthier and wanna have more access to healthcare. Um, And we want clean communities, right? We want to not be um, punished um, or hurt by, um, you know, corporate decisions that hurt our environment, Mm -hmm. right? So those were some of the major things that we heard the first time. And we're hearing a lot of those things again, um, but what is really top of mind more than anything is the economy, and that's not surprising um, this time around, um, that people are being just crippled by inflation, um, by corporate greed, um, the the cost of childcare and make, having to make a decision if, you know, can I even afford to go to work if I have to pay this much for childcare and, and what do I do with that or Um, You know, can I even afford to get to my $10 an hour job if gas is so high and Mm -hmm. I'm using my whole paycheck to get, you know, across town if I live in a rural community. So we're hearing a lot about the economy um, this year. And then, you know, something else that um, is not really about issues, but something that we knew and that we're hearing more and more um, is that when we surveyed people and when we asked them, you know, did they vote? And or are they going to vote in the next election? Those that said no um, across the board are saying it's because the candidates don't care about the issues they care about. Mm. And if we don't have candidates that are um, going to make um, our communities thrive economically for Black people, that are going to rid it of police brutalities, another major theme in gun violence, we don't want to vote so you're not talking about our issues why are we coming out and that's something that um, as organizers as um, power builders we really have to tap into and understand um, as we you know go into the next political cycle that'll be in
0: 2024 mm. yeah you know nothing that you just said is surprising this tracks what I hear from my family um, that's up in the Bronx, and what I've heard from my friends, and I completed the Black Census myself, and it's um you know it tracks many of my own answers. Um, and so nothing that you said is surprising, um, given the direction that our country has taken over the last couple of years. You know, you sort of got into some of the primary concerns of folks that answered the survey, but was there anything um specific that stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, low wages um, was the is the top thing right now. You know, one thing I want to mention is we're still collecting surveys. So uh, we are going to be collecting surveys well into 2023 so that we can make sure we talk to 200,000 people. And so you can go to blackcensus.org right now and still fill it out and share it with your friends and family, Um, but low wages. Uh, Police brutality was also a major thing, as well as accountability of the police, um, gun violence, and our education system, and uh, I think that even was a little bit higher on the scale this time than over 2018, and I think um, we haven't dug into the numbers just yet, but I would um, imagine that the pandemic has a lot to do with that, right, and people are are thinking about the education system and and how um, it is, is failing Black people, but has failed us as a country um, during that time. So I'm um, hearing a lot of the same things as before, uh, and and we are really, um, as an organization, focusing in on that economic piece because it's become um, such a, a focus for Black communities.
0: Wow, that, that makes complete sense. It's almost like all of our problems are hiding under a pile of clothes, and the pandemic showed us what was underneath. It showed us what was hiding. Yeah, it exposed, it exposed all of the injustices that we know are there, but that we don't think about day to day. So this is, since this is, um, you know, Black History Month or Black Futures Month, I'm particularly interested in what our communities, what Black communities envision for the future um, and what they want for our world, you know, our people, we have radical imaginations. We've always had radical imaginations um, in many ways since we've came to the U.S., we've had to have radical imaginations to keep us going. And so I was hoping that you could tell us a bit about, mm-hmm. you know, the dreams of some of the people that were surveyed.
1: Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And and it's going to take radical imagination for us to be powerful enough to win all the things that will make our communities thrive. Um, and so, you know, as we, as we talk to people, uh, you know, not to continue to, to state this, but we want to be able to work in a dignified place and that the money that we make fully covers our expenses, fully covers them. And I know that sounds like, uh, well, duh, but no. I mean, so many of our people in this community, in our communities across the country, are not just paycheck to paycheck, they're in the hole, right? They are, you know, relying, you know, on payday loans or other predatory um, lending practices in order to get out of of debt and in order to um, stay afloat in this economy, People also want to be able to have their children step out of their front door and not worry if a bullet's going to fly by or to watch TV in their living room in front of the window and not worry that it's going to be shattered by gun violence in their community. Um, People want to be able to trust the police officers in their community that they're not going to kill them and that if they do something wrong, like kill or brutalize us, that they'll be held accountable. And we want our voice and what we want to be heard as loudly as everyone else. We don't want um, we don't want to be just talked at. We don't want to be talked for or spoken for. We want to be at the table, deciding the policies that are going to impact our lives, um, and we want all of us at the table. You know, not just the most educated of us or the oldest of us, but a a large cross-section. That's why we are surveying Black people across many different demographics to make sure that people that aren't normally, that we don't normally collect data on are actually being seen in this survey. So, you know, making sure that we're talking to LGBTQ plus communities, trans um, Black communities, um, rural living folks who tend to be, you know, um, left out because the idea of rural America painted as white, but Black people live in rural communities all over this country, Um, immigrant populations, incarcerated folks, and making sure that the views of Black people is really um, encompassing all of us um, and not just those that are most politically engaged.
0: Everything that you just said sounds so logical, like we should be able to have a job Mm -hmm. and our job should cover all of our expenses. We should not live in fear of violence walking out of our door. It sounds so logical. Um, and so it's a bit frustrating when we hear policymakers say, well, you know, the movement needs demands. It's like, come on, we you know what the demands are. They're very basic. If you think of your own life and how you live as someone that's wealthy, likely white, and then imagine that that's what we want as well. You know, again, I'm so excited and inspired by the work of the Black Futures Lab and by your work, you know, leading um, the Black Census project. Um, I guess my last question is how can people learn about and support this work?
1: So, blackcensus.org, um, please go take the survey. It takes about 10 minutes, so not much time at all. Share it with your friends and family. Um, share with them why it's important. You know, it's the largest survey since Reconstruction. Um, it's a historic survey, and it's going to allow us to not just learn what Black people want in this in this country, but also to organize around a shared agenda um, that we can win together. Um, but also follow us. Follow Black Futures Lab on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Black Futures Lab. Oh, that's also our website. Um, so definitely follow our work um, and, and join the movement to take the census.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. Again, um, take the Black Census, blackcensus.org. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, listeners. Until we're all free, peace out. Thanks again for joining us. Dismantling Injustice is brought to you by Envision Freedom Fund, an organization that works to transform the immigration and criminal legal systems while meeting the critical needs of individuals impacted by these systems daily. To learn more about our work and donate, visit us at envisionfreedom.org. That's envisionfreedom.org. Dismantling Injustice was created by Sali Israel. Our executive producer is Abigail Wolf. This podcast is produced and engineered by Yassi Solutions and hosted by Carl Hammett Lipscomb. That's me. Special thanks to the team at Envision Freedom for being amazing. Until we're all free, peace out.